0: Hey guys, it's Keon, and right now I'm going to give you my recap on UFC on ESPN 11, which was headlined by Curtis Blades and Alexander Volkov. So, Curtis Blades, first of all, there's going to be spoilers, so if you haven't watched it and you don't want it to be spoiled, don't listen to this, please. Curtis Blades, he defeated Alexander Volkov. And that was by unanimous decision. He was pretty dominant with his wrestling in this fight between rounds one and three. He looked really good, man. Like that's uh, the base. uh, The biggest thing you could take away from this fight was that his wrestling is the possibly the best in the heavyweight division right now. Um, In my opinion, maybe even better than... uh, dc and Stepe, but that's in terms of pure wrestling but you know what i may have to retract that statement because there is a but and that was shown in this fight and that was uh in rounds four and five alexander volkov was a fresher fighter uh curtis blades he was fading away and volkov was pressing forward connecting with strikes he even secured his own takedown that was bad. Curtis Blades uh, fading away in those rounds. Round five, I could have gave it to him. He was a little bit more competitive. But overall, Volkov was uh, the fresher fighter near the end of the fight. And that could be a dangerous thing for Curtis Blades, man. like He's going to be in more five-round fights in the future uh, for his career now because he's a top contender at this point. Um, He has to work on that. He definitely has to work on his cardio and in my opinion he has to work on his stand-up defense he was getting picked apart a lot in this fight uh especially in round four and there were many times where i just i was cringing i was scared that he was going to get knocked out you know or he was going to get caught with something because he's done it before and i still get that feeling uh i still had that feeling in this fight with alexander volkov so in my opinion he needs to uh work on cardio and stand-up defense and i think he's gonna be really good because his his wrestling right now is just insane it's so it's such a pleasure to watch like the the way he keeps and his ground and pound too man like he brought back his elbows that he finished alistair Overream with in their fight when was that like a year year ago or two years ago and he brought that in this fight I'm surprised that volkov didn't get knocked out so good for volkov for uh staying in there and also uh winning rounds four and possibly rounds uh five to some people uh but Curtis blades man between uh rounds one and three he he looked really good and he did survive near the end so I have to give it up for Curtis blades in this uh for this performance and I can't wait to see what's next for him especially with the heavyweight division finally moving forward with uh stipe and dc finally fighting which i'm really excited excited about um let's move on to the co-main event and that was the fight between josh emmett and shane burgos oh wow what a fight (laughs) like it was so crazy like um rounds one and two it was competitive i would say that uh first of all josh emmett he totally like wrecked his um leg i think uh his corner said he tore his acl or something like that yeah right 15 seconds in that happened and he still won this fight which is crazy first of all secondly uh the action started picking up in the second round near the end where they were just trading shots and Josh Emmett was uh, c- connecting with some big shots uh, in this round as well. I would probably give it like rounds one to Shane Burgos. Round two was really close. Honestly, rounds one and two were a toss-up. They were very competitive. But round three, it was absolutely... First of all, it was all Josh Emmett. Secondly... I can't believe the shots that Shane Burgos took in this round, man. These are shots that most people would go down easily to. You know, it was uh it was wild. He he went he got knocked down twice in this round, but he didn't go out, man. And honestly, what Josh Emmett he has shots that put people out. And you could really tell in the Apex Center with no crowd that every shot he throws is with bad intentions, man. And you know what? Credit to him, man. Credit to him after the fight for being like, all these reporters, everyone, they don't respect me. Uh, they count me out for these fights. And let's be honest, like, a lot of people do. I, I do. I, I'm I'm not going to lie about that. He's 35 years old. Um, but he only has two losses, first of all. Like, that's, that's pretty good. But you, you just expect him to lose these fights because the UFC puts him against names that they kind of want to accelerate forward like right now he's in a spot where they feed him up and comers um, but they need to feed they need to feed the veterans to Josh Emmett man like Josh Emmett is impressive he's been in some impre- he's had some imp- really impressive performances but this was probably his best fight to date and a uh, candidate for fight of the year in my opinion so really good fight by uh performance by Josh Emmett and really good heart by Shane Burgos throughout this fight because he looked good early on but man he was taking a lot of damage near the end but honestly really fun fight I recommend you watch it on fight pass if you have that then we have uh, Raquel Pennington she defeated uh Marion Renault it was a stand-up battle for most of the fight uh clinching where Raquel Pennington she's just uh She's a master at that. You know, nine times out of 10, she's going to beat you in that position. And uh, it was competitive early on. And then um, Marion Renault she began to fade near the end of the second round. And round three was all Raquel Pennington. And I guess it was enough for her to win the fight by unanimous decision. It was a good fight. Like it wasn't the, the greatest, but I'm happy that Raquel Pennington got her win because uh, Tisha Torres, is that, is it her wife or is it her um, fiance? partner she also won as well and she was on this card in the preliminaries we'll get to that fight which was a really good fight in my opinion like much better um but it's good it's good that they both got wins like can you imagine if only one of one of them got a, a win and then the other one lost like it, it must suck um but when both of them win it's like awesome I, I can only imagine how shit it must be when like you know what i think the worst possible situation is for them to, for one of them to win and then the other one to lose if both of them lose uh on the same night then they could kind of console each other but if one wins and then one loses it's like it's a mix of emotions on the night it's crazy anyways respect to them for both winning on this night uh there was also below muhammad versus lyman good that was also a very fun fight it could have been the fight of the night had josh emmett and shane burgos not happened on the same night um they stood up for most of this fight Bilal muhammad most likely stole it because of his takedowns but near the end of uh in round three lyman good man he was uh making this into a dog fight they were just like trading shots and Bilal muhammad looked like he was gonna go out he stayed in secured a takedown um he won the fight he won the fight by unanimous decision but uh uh respect to um Bilal muhammad for winning this he's uh had some issues uh prior to the fight so has lyman good personal issues so um good good fight uh, from both men in my opinion even lyman good then we also had uh, jim miller he defeated roosevelt roberts by submission armbar in the first round the biggest thing i take away from this fight is that jim miller is still fighting in the ufc mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that's just a crazy statement to make in 2020 man because First of all, there was a point um, in Jim Miller's uh, career where I was like, "Okay, he's done now. He 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 can't. He he's not in it anymore." You know, there was a point where this guy was a top contender, like a serious top contender, <laughs> and then uh, he he began he began losing a lot of fights. But now he's uh, enjoyed a role as a veteran where he he takes on these fights and sometimes he loses, but. He won tonight against Roosevelt, Roosevelt Roberts, and he looked good, man. He he secured the arm uh, the armbar. Was Roosevelt Roberts on like a, a win streak or something like that? Yeah, he was on a two fight win streak, so he was doing pretty good, man. And uh, Jim Miller, he was on a he he was coming off a loss. Like that's pretty impressive, man. Like uh, shout out to Jim Miller. He's still in the UFC after all these years. Just think about all the all the fighters who came in and came out of the UFC throughout that time. And Jim Miller has still been there. It's really impressive. And then the same I could say about the uh, the headline fight in the prelims between Clay Guida and Bobby Green. Uh, more so with Clay Guida. It's just crazy when I see the name Clay Guida in 2020 and he's still in the UFC, man. It's 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 wild, and he, he was pretty competitive in this fight with Bobby Green. It was uh, a close fight. You you could argue that he won it possibly, but um, Bobby Green did look good near the end of the fight, and that probably just edged out uh, the decision for him. And uh, yeah, that was a fun fight too. Uh, Tisha Torres versus Brianna. V- uh, <laughs> what was that? Tisha Torres versus Brianna Van Buren. Yeah, that's the name. All right that was a really fun fight uh i was talking about it earlier tisha torres man she was uh first of all this was the smallest fight in ufc history both women are shorter than 5'2 they're 115 pounds for this fight which made this the official officially made this the smallest ufc fight of all time and it was good man i was impressed uh Tisha Torres, she was just pressing forward with so much, with so much striking. Like it, it was unbelievable how she didn't get tired. She didn't. She didn't look like she was getting tired. You know, like most people would gas out with the amount of volume she was throwing against Brianna Van Buren. And man, shout out to Brianna Van Buren as well because me- <laughs> most people would just crumble under pressure that Tisha Torres was uh, pushing but uh, Brianna stayed in there she was trying to win the fight in the clinch but it just wasn't enough against Tisha Torres um, she looked really good in this fight so shout out to her for winning like I said shout out to both Raquel and Tisha for winning their fights we also had a uh, Marc-Andre Berrio who defeated Oscar Pichota both men were on three fight losing streak so basically this was a fight to determine who keeps their job with the UFC and Mark Andre Barrio man he's Canadian so shout out to him he's my fellow Canadian brother and uh oh my god this guy if he fights like this in his future fights and continues to win we have a serious contender and that uh i think what we're seeing right now i'm going to call it right now and maybe i'm wrong but i think I, I called it when it happened with Matt Brown when he was on his three fight losing streak. And then he won um, He won his uh, fight against it, w- it was against someone else. But they, it was in a similar situation to fight for your job. And after Matt Brown won that fight, I was like, OK, he's going to he's going to go off now. Like he this wasn't good, but he's going to go off. And he did. I call the same thing for Marc-Andre Berrio, man. His striking, his pressure, it was just, it was crazy. Once again, um, he wasn't tiring out. He was continuing continuing to press forward. And Oscar Pachoda obviously had no answer for this. And he almost got finished in the first round, but it ultimately ended in the second round. Um, very good performance for Marc-Andre Barrio. I'm excited to see uh, his future fights. And then speaking of Canadians, we also had Jillian Robertson. She defeated Courtney Casey by submission, rear naked choke, uh, near the end of the third round. And it was a fight that she didn't even need to finish because she was dominating from rounds one to three with her wrestling. Courtney Casey, she had her moments on the feet. But Jillian Robertson, man, um, I'm excited. Oh, shoot. I'm excited for her, too, because um, she's only 25 years old, first of all. And... She has some losses here and there, but I see the thing is when I see young fighters like this lose early in their career, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually think it's a great thing. I look, I look at them like early Max Holloway losses and we see how great his career turned out. Do I think uh, Jillian Robertson can become a contender and possibly a champion a contender, yes. I will definitely root for her to become a champion because she she's an exciting fighter, man. Her uh ground game obviously has just developed so much. She trains with Dean Thomas in Florida. It was. I'm excited to see her future fights too. I think she uh she's gonna become a serious contender in the flyweight division very soon. She's only 25, like I said, and there's just so much potential with her. So it's exciting to see these two Canadians just. They're coming out right now and we haven't had this in a long time. If you're a Canadian MMA fan, you you know it's just it's been a while since you had a certain pride for fighters. You know, I, I see a lot of potential with these two. That's why I'm just really excited with them. Um The first three fights of this card, I actually did not watch. So I didn't see Justin Jane's 41 second knockout against Frank Camacho. I also missed uh, Lauren Murphy's win against Roxanne Modafferi, which is a shame because I like Roxanne Modafferi. It sucks how she always gets close to becoming like a contender or just fighting for the belt or becoming a champion, and she's just she always falls short, man. It's it's a shame. I like Roxanne Modafferi. She's just so positive and she really enjoys fighting. So I really hope we get to see a Bisping. Type of story with her one day where she just randomly becomes a champion. I s- didn't. I didn't see the Austin Hubbard versus uh, Max uh, Roshkop Roshkop fight, um, but I did see a clip where uh, at the end of round two, Max Roshkop he was telling his his, <laughs> his he was telling his coach uh, who was his coach man, but he was telling his coach to call the fight to uh, tell the refs to stop the fight because. He couldn't do it anymore. He was done. He was. It was too much. He said, I can't do this. And um, his coach was pressuring him. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, let's just stay one more round and just... It was sad, man. It was sad, in my opinion, just to see a guy's obviously so defeated and wanting out. But you have coaches who keep pushing them. And I get that. that that's their job to do that. But... I feel like there comes a point where when the fighter says they're done they're done man. I I don't think uh I don't think they should continue it. Um so good good on uh Max for actually going to the ref himself and telling the ref I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore. But um what I took what I took from this moment specifically was kind of just um intertwines with fighters like Jim Miller and Clay Guida in that there are different types of people when it comes to fighting and when it comes to just uh, uh combat sports in general. And there are the fighters who can take the hits and aren't afraid to press forward. And there are the ones who take these hits and they're just like, man, I can't do this anymore. This is way too much. And uh, I've heard those stories before. I've heard those stories with so many fighters where they faced adversity in a fight and they just immediately said man this is way too much and it's a sad realization for some people but that's why I always have to respect fighters who keep pushing man you know it's hard this it just goes to show you how hard this sport is this isn't like basketball or soccer you're actually getting hit you know your body is being affected and that's what I mean when I say it takes a certain type of person to be a fighter and when you have fighters like for example CM Punk you know he's not the most skilled fighter but in the end of the day he went inside the cage in front of millions of people and he fought (laughs) and uh just thinking about that myself that scares me like i could not do that i think that take that in itself takes so much to do in my opinion um that's why i give respect to these fighters regardless if they are winners if they are losers even if they lose their fights their failures are bigger than most people's successes if that makes any sense but um that's what I took from it. We got to respect these fighters. Uh shout out to them for continuing to fight even in a situation like this where we're in a pandemic, you know? And um I still just I still believe they're not getting paid enough, but that's a that's a whole another podcast for another day. Uh thank you for listening. Tell me what you think about this fight card. My final score for it would probably be like a 7 out of 10. I think it was better than last week's card so good on that i guess and uh, i'm really excited for uh next week's uh, fight night is gonna be really good but um i'm really excited for ufc 251 as uh, many are so um yeah that was the recap i hope you enjoyed and uh thank you for listening or watching on my patreon um have a good one bye-bye